Welcome to Mommy Heal Thyself. We feature guests who provide you with the tools, resources, and strategies you need to say no to a life of pain and suffering from all forms of preventable disease, toxic drugs, and unnecessary surgeries. We hope to inspire you to boldly reclaim your ability to heal and to serve the ones you love. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. Today, I'm able to introduce you to Dr. Virgie Bright Ellington. She is a board-certified internal medicine physician, former health insurance executive, medical billing expert, award-winning author, speaker, and radio show host. But it wasn't until she became a two-time cancer patient that she discovered why medical bills are the number one cause of debt and bankruptcy. Now, she is in charge of Crush Medical Debt Financial Wellness. And this is a wonderful service because if you have ever felt overwhelmed, confused, trapped by bills, having to take care of that you have to take care of in the medical system of our country, no more. She has the answers for us today because she developed, like I said, the Crush Medical Debt System. So Dr. Ellington, Thank you so very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Gamble. Much, much appreciated. I tell you, you know, we were just talking before we started our session today about how overwhelming this problem is. Tell us a little bit more about the people that come to you and what are the pains that they're experiencing? That's a, a great question because the the reason that crush medical debt was born dr gamble is because i met somebody who didn't know that she was being cheated by the system she just thought oh gosh you know sucks to be me and just was trying to figure out how to get by so mm -hmm. the story is i was I was going about my business and I always tell people, you know, doctors are the worst patients. My, my surgeon told me not to do something after a surgery. He said, don't lift. I was like, eps, whatever. And <laughs> three months later, I was rolled into the emergency room and, you know, the surgery, the, the incision came open internally. And so a piece of ball got caught in, in the incision and was going gangrenous. So I rolled in septic, really sick, shot out. And I thought, you know what, Virgie, you really, really, really messed up this time. If you wake up, they told me I had to go into surgery, emergency surgery. And I thought, you know what, Virgie, if you wake up and you don't hear the emergency, the, the emergency, the ICU bells and whistles and all the noises, if you don't, if you wake up and you're not in the ICU, then you dodged a bullet. So I woke up and wow, I wasn't in the ICU. I didn't hear any bells and whistles like, okay, Virgie, dodge that bullet. Next time, listen to your surgeon. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but I heard somebody, wait, I, I heard somebody snoring. I was like, am I hearing snoring? I was hearing snoring. I thought, Virgie, you're really, really shut out because usually if I have to go into the hospital, I try to make arrangements to have a private room. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this was in COVID and all that. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that I had a roommate and it was this young woman named Mia and Mia mm -hmm. was a mom of two young toddlers and her husband, her insurance was on her husband's insurance and he worked at a 24 hour diner, Dr. Gamble. So he was you know, very modest income family you know, during their best. And she was telling me that 
she was thinking about leaving, even though she, her doctor said, you know, she really needed more tests. Wow. And she said, because she was worried about the bill. And she's telling me that because she had been there a year before for something similar, basically they were concerned she was having a rare cause of a stroke. And she said, before I left, the day I was being discharged, one of the hospital billing reps came to my office. I mean, my office from the office of billing office mm -hmm. there at the hospital came to my room and said, before you can leave, you have to sign this document saying that you agree to pay whatever your insurance doesn't pay. Mm -hmm. And she said, I signed it and, you know, I don't know how I'm going to afford it. And now this has happened again. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I just, I should leave because I can't afford this. And so she's telling me this and it clicked, you know, and I, I tell this story all the time. True story. The mm -hmm. curtain dropped. I saw red. I was enraged because I knew she had been deliberately tricked into signing an agreement to pay money she doesn't owe. Just to cut to the chase, she agreed to agree to be balance billed, yeah. which is she has insurance in network. And being in network means that the provider agrees to accept payment in full of whatever the insurance pays for certain services huh. in full. You know, not including your co-pays, co-insurance, okay. deductible, that kind of thing. But many providers will say, well, if we can trick the patients into believing that the difference between what the insurance agrees to pay, the balance between what the insurance agrees to pay and what we charge, what I call the MRSP, manufacturer retail sticker price, that's balance billing. Mm -hmm. And so they tricked her into agreeing to pay that. So she's on the hook for that. And I, it's just outrageous and it's contract fraud. It's wrong. She doesn't owe that money. And I realized it was a thing. The same facility tried to balance bill me six months after I was discharged. Six months after this, mm -hmm. I got a, a bill from the, uh, an alleged bill. It wasn't a real bill. And we can talk about what a real bill is later, but it was they alleged tried to make you believe it's a real bill saying, hey, you owe, it was almost $90,000, basically $90,000. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just, I thought, okay, this is a thing. And this is how Crush Medical Debt was born. I realized they really, this is a thing. There are many, they're not the only provider that does this, that so, tricks people into thinking they owe money they don't owe. Let me see if I understand this because- if this is true, then I've been built also. You know, you're telling me that if you have a bill that is after what they have agreed to with the insurance company, when you, because even when you go to a medical doctor, the first thing they ask you to sign is a paper that says, you know, I agree to pay for whatever it is that isn't covered by my insurance company. So if I'm understanding you correctly, that is not legit. You, so let me back up. There is a document that many providers will have you sign. Most providers will have you sign in a non-emergent situation. Mm -hmm. And yes, they can say you are financially responsible for the bills for our services. So yes, that's fair. Okay. okay. And what I tell people in those cases, when they ask you to sign something, if you don't, if, you know, if 
you're not feeling well, if you're in pain, you're scared, you're hurt, you're dizzy, you don't have your glasses because you know it was urgent when you left the house because you weren't feeling well, just glance through it and say, you know what, I'm not going to sign this. If you don't feel comfortable with, if it's an emergency, you don't have to sign it and they have to treat you. Now, once they get you stabilized and they can send you out to some place that says, okay, you're not agreeing to pay our services, they'll send you out. In a non-emergent situation, like you're any outpatient medical service or non-emergent situation, they will give you this document. And what I recommend you do is when you glance through it, you can say, okay, I'm looking for things, words like financial, responsibility, mm -hmm. payment, exit out and put in, I agree to pay Medicare rates. I agree to treatment and services and to pay Medicare rates. If you're in a hurry, I agree to pay Medicare rates. Initial it and then sign at the bottom. That's another thing. Post-COVID, a lot of times they'll ask you to sign a blank little square electronic pad, right? Or rectangle electronic pad, or have you sign their tablet. No, I tell them, I don't care how many people is in line behind me, how uh, curt or brusque or frankly nasty they are you're going to say, you know what, I can't sign this unless you print it out. Mm -hmm. When you print it out, then they'll say something like, often they'll say, well, you know, it's just our privacy notices or it's just our COVID, my favorite one, it's just our COVID hygiene practices, letting you know how we're keeping you safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, print it out and I'll sign it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, no, I'm not printing, no, I'm not signing anything. If So that I just want to make sure to remind folks to do that. Don't sign anything that's not printed out. Mm -hmm. So you print it out, if you see something that says financial or responsibility, exit out and say, I agree to pay Medicare rates. And so we can talk about why Medicare is the lowest, most fair retail price that mm -hmm. providers will accept. Okay. So being balanced billed, Dr. Gamble, is if you have insurance mm -hmm. and you are going to a provider who is in network mm -hmm. with your insurance. Yes. In network means that they've signed a contract to accept whatever their discounted rate is for their services in exchange for having access to sometimes millions of their patient population. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's the agreement. So balance billing is yes, if they're in network. Yeah with your provider. So that's the thing. They can say, well, we don't accept insurance. We're not in network or we're not in network with that insurance. We're not contracted to accept as payment in full with that particular insurance company. So that's the difference. All of this eight to nine times out of 10, we've gotten tricked or what I call, I politely call mistakes in, in being billed but sometimes it's just frankly just being tricked. So just being aware, a lot of this foolishness I say you can get rid of by knowing, hey, if I have insurance, being in network means that not including my deductible co-insurance or co-pay, whatever my insurance pays them as payment in full, they do not owe, I do not owe rather the balance of what they say, hey, your insurance only paid $10 of something that we charge $100 for, you're on the hook for $90. No, that's a balanced billing. That's contract fraud. No, you don't know it. Ah, okay. So the, the thing to look out for is to make sure that these are in-network providers. 
because if you have insurance, have, yes. If you have insurance that they are yes. in network providers, because if they are in network providers, then they have already signed an agreement with the insurance company saying that they will accept blah, blah rates dictated by the insurance company. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's it. So yeah, insurance, you know, Insurance doesn't protect us from risk. Health insurance doesn't protect us from risk. Car insurance, homeowners insurance, yeah, that protects us from risk. It protects us and in exchange for premiums, they take the risk of replacing things that we can't afford to replace. Mm -hmm. Well, our bodies and our health is priceless, right? Mm -hmm. But the insurance companies, the health insurance, medical insurance companies in the United States don't work that way. They don't guarantee protecting you from risk from financial mm -hmm. risk. All they do is guarantee access to discounted rates. That's it. Yeah. And they don't guarantee that they're going to cover what should be covered. Mm -hmm. You know, they decide, they may say, you know what, there are some insurance companies whose business models is to just deny coverage because less than, some studies say less than 1%, but definitely less than 10%. That's really generous. I'd say less than 5% of people who get denied services by their insurance company. Their insurance says, no, we're not covering that. Insurance denials get appealed. Mm. So that's part of their business model. They're like, oh, if we just automatically deny it, there's a good chance we won't have to spend that money. We won't have to pay it out. Hmm. Oh my goodness. So now <laughs> what are what is the common mistake that people are making in terms of how they're approaching their relationship with their insurance companies? Why is it that it's the number one factor for bankruptcy in our nation? Yep. So most folks living in the United States, most Americans, doesn't matter what your citizenship status is, most folks live in the United States who have to get care through the U.S. healthcare system. Most folks live in the United States are just one accident or illness away from a lifetime of debt. And that includes those of us with quote unquote, great insurance. Doesn't matter if you have great insurance or no insurance, you have the same risk of going into a lifetime of debt or bankruptcy because of medical bills. If you have an accident, a bike accident, you know, when we're young and healthy and beautiful, you know, we think, oh, you know, I don't need health insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. When you're on your bike, you know, being glam and doing all that, if you, they say, if you're a serious biker, they say that you have a eight chance out of 10. I think I saw the study somewhere statistic rather of getting in an accident. That's not your fault. So it doesn't matter if you're young and healthy, you know, life happens and it doesn't matter if we have insurance or not because of the tricks with insurance companies, frankly, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. We're at the same risk of going bankruptcy whether you have insurance or not because of those tricks. So to answer your question, the number one trick, if you have insurance, is getting balance billed. Mm -hmm. So that's why I talk about that all the time. The rest of it is just not knowing that we're getting overcharged whenever you get a bill. If, especially if you don't have insurance, you're getting overcharged. So insurance just means that the provider has a MRSP, I call it a manufacturer retail sticker price. And they give you, they create, it's a fantasy number. It's a wishing, I call it a wishing number because they're wishing and hoping and praying <laughs> you'll fall for it, right? They create a number so that they can give quote unquote, a huge discount to insurance companies to be part of their patient panel. Mm -hmm. 
So if you don't have insurance, they the number one trick they'll give you if you don't have insurance is if, so we already talked about the number one trick if you have insurance, where they try to trick you into thinking that you owe that balance bill, right? Mm-hmm. Then the rest of us and, and even insurance companies, well, the rest of us, whether you have insurance or not, but definitely don't have insurance, you think that that MRSP is a real number and we try to pay it. They trick you into paying it. They'll say, hey, if you put it on our medical credit card or our medical care card, then you can make payments and you don't get charged insurance for a year. Some of them, there's one that won't charge interest if you can pay it off in three years. Mm-hmm. But you know what they're saying is, hey, pay this MRSP number, which can be 10 to, it's crazy. And it's not, it's not, it sounds outrageous, but a hundred times what the real fair retail rate is for medical services. And that's what Medicare pays. So I talk about the three steps for that reason, Hmm. to protect ourselves. The reason why we get tricked into overpaying eight to nine times out of 10, if we paid a bill in the United States, we've gotten tricked. It is, it is what it is. So the three steps, so we don't get tricked, whether you have insurance or not, but definitely if you don't have insurance, this is critical to have this basic medical financial literacy. The three steps is to get a real bill. And that is eight to nine times out of 10, Dr. Gamble, what we get in the snail mail for, for a bill is not a real bill because it doesn't have CPT codes. CPT cards are to medical services what barcodes are to services in or products rather mm-hmm. in a retail store. Mm-hmm. Every service has one, right? Yeah. And it tells you what you're paying for. You know, are you paying for an, an eight ounce bottle of Poland Springs water or are you paying for a 16 ounce bottle? The yes. barcode will tell you, right? Yeah. Same thing with medical services. The CPT code will tell you. So step one, call the provider back, mm-hmm. the, the billing office back and say, hey, there's no CPT codes on this. You sent me something, but you say it's a bill and you say it's due in the month. It's $10,000 and it's due. You know, they tell me to put it on a credit card, you know, and it's due at the end of the month. It's, I don't see, this is not a real bill. I don't see any yeah. CPT codes here. Call back and demand CPT codes. Hmm. And by federal law, by HIPAA federal law, by the way, that's your right to have it. Exactly. And they know that. So say, you know, if they give you pushback by HIPAA federal law, I need my CPT codes as a bill with CPT codes as per federal, per HIPAA federal law or federal law. Mm-hmm. Step two, once you get those, that real bill, that accurate itemized bill with CPT codes, mm-hmm. you're going to Google, or now I do an AI search, chat GPT search of what Medicare pays for those services. First, you're going to put in the code and make sure the description is a two-step process. Make mm-hmm. sure the description roughly sounds like the services you received to make sure you're not getting upcharged. Mm-hmm. It happens. You're not getting double bill. Mistakes happen. And while you're there, look and put in, you know, CPT code 99213. And that is like a type of outpatient service. Well, what does Medicare charge or pay rather for those services for that particular CPT code? In this case, 99213. Mm-hmm. Once you get that number, you're going to take it to step three, call back the provider billing department because you've totaled all of the CPT codes, what Medicare pays for those services and Medicare rates. And so I use this example a lot. If you get rolled into emergency surgery, like I did, 
and you get a bill and I'll just keep my bill simple. My bill is like $351,000. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> just to keep the math simple, if they charge $100 for a service, uh, I'm sorry, um, a tenth, I'll just use $10,000 for, this is actually what usually happens for a surgery. And you can call them back and say, hey, look, you guys sent me a bill for $10,000, but in my research, I'm willing and able to pay $3,000. That's a, about, in the, most examples, when you do step two and you total all of what Medicare pays for each of those CPT codes, that's what you'll come up with. It'll be a, a huge thousands of dollars difference. Mm -hmm. So you say, yeah, I know you guys sent me a bill for $10,000, but in my research, in my case, I am willing and able to pay $3,000 yeah. because that's the total that you got in step two. You don't mm -hmm. tell them that and you don't have to tell them that, but just say, in my case, I'm willing and able to pay. It is what it is. Who can I speak with who can help me make a payment plan? Mm -hmm. And that's it. And I always say this, no matter how little you're able to pay, you know, emergencies don't happen when, when it's convenient, right? Mm -hmm. The worst time we don't have any money, any resources. If you can only squeeze out $50 out of your budget mm -hmm. to, you know, however you turn it, whatever you can do, $50 is all you can do on a, let's say a $3,000 bill, then that's all you can do. Don't let them talk you into saying, well, can you do a hundred? Can you do a hundred? Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> if they say you're going to get pushback, they're going to say, yeah. if we were to, to accept $3,000, that's a big discount. If we were to accept it, it's going to take us forever to get our money. Yeah. And at least you get they it. They are going to accept that because exactly. And your point is, yes, it'll take, you'll, yes. And yeah, uh, if I do the math, I think, yes, it'll take me 60 months, five years for me to pay this off. It'll take you five years to get your money. Yes. And who can I send this to? Can I, can, when can you, how can you make sure that I get documentation of this agreement that I'm going to pay you $50 a month for the next 60 months on this $3,000 bill? And the reason why they're going to exempt that you stand your ground, because the reason why they're eventually going to accept that is because you're being proactive. They don't have to come after you. They know that their rates are really overcharged or just fiction. There's total mm -hmm. fiction just made up. And they know that you don't owe that money. Mm -hmm. And it costs them money to come after you if they have to send it to collections for pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. So stand your ground. And do not let them talk you into doing, if you can only do $50 a month, so be it. Don't let them talk you into a hundred or a, a penny more because the moment that you send in, you have a bad month and you can only send in $75, they will directly send you to collections. Mm. So that's the three steps of protecting ourselves, whether we have insurance or not, period. But definitely, definitely if we don't have insurance. Mm -hmm. So the first thing from what I'm recalling is to make sure that we are not being um, overbilled, you know, with that whole concept of, well, now you owe me whatever it is that's the difference between what your insurance company paid and this made up number that I made if, up. If they're in network, if they're in network. They're in so network. before you go, you know, emergencies happen, but in a non-emergent situation, you call and make sure that they're in network. In an emergency, that's when you use the three steps. If you had to get emergency care, that's when you use the three steps if they're not in network. And if it's an emergency, there's something called the No Surprise Billing Act that went into effect.
back January last year, says that if you have insurance and it's an emergency, the out and they're out and they're not in network with you, that they have to negotiate directly with your insurance company to accept their in-network price or payment. So that's a huge, that was a huge plus that um, came about last year from the No Surprise Billing Act for that reason. Mm. Well, I, I think the reality is that the people who are still being surprised are the consumers like you and I, because they're, I know if I remember correct, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that that billing also said that they have to make you aware of exactly how much all of these different procedures are. But that's if it's not an emergency, that's called the good faith estimate. So yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so if it's not an emergency, mm -hmm. but um, when I looked at certain reports, they said that very few hospitals are actually complying with the bill. <laughs> exactly. So Which is why most exactly. people don't realize that this is what they're supposed <laughs> to do. So nobody's calling them to the carpet for it. You exactly. Know? You got it. You got it it's crazy that that this is where we are especially given the fact as you said that this is the number one creator of bankruptcy and for me it's even more powerful an issue to be dealt with because it disrupts people's lives it breaks up marriages this is this bankruptcy is the number one thing that breaks up marriages and then when you look this, at you look at what happens to people in terms of stress and anxiety and and gastrointestinal disease, all coming from the knot that is created in their lives by this cloud, this dark cloud that is just so pervasive. Ugh, I, I'm, you I'm, hit it I'm right on the head, and that's the point. That's why we're here. That's why we get up and do every every day and do what we do every day, mm. because. Medical bills are the number one cause of debt, stress, and bankruptcy in the United States. What is the number? So if, if medical bills are the number one cause of debt, stress, and all the things that are that come with that, and bankruptcy in the United States, okay, hold that in one hand. What's the number one cause of divorce? Financial problems, money problems, money differences. So you're, there's a direct relationship, a direct correlation between medical bills, debt, and destroyed families. You hit yeah. it right on the head. That's it. I'm going to take it a step further, Dr. Ellington, and say that debt is one of the number one triggers of death. Because when we look at the number one cause of death in our nation, cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, strokes, all of those things. Yes, they're, they're dietary factors. I'm not negating all of that. And to accelerate it, it's all of that anxiety. And, and, I'm, and I, the reason why this is coming to mind is because I know of a particular client of mine who was doing phenomenal things in terms of her health, You know, taking care of her health. She changed her diet. She'd started exercising, everything. But she was so overwhelmed with debt from being in the hospital you know, prior to, and having this huge amount of debt, she was in a position where she was just working, 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 taking on two jobs, three jobs. You know, she was also a counselor. So she was constantly taking on new clients, trying to get more money to pay off the debt. And she was consumed with worry about debt. 
which eight to nines out of, t I'd say even nine times out of 10, there's a 90% chance she did. I'm sure she didn't owe all that money. I'm sure a lot of that was MRSP, manufacturer retail sticker price, but she hit it on the head. There's a direct, you're absolutely right, direct relationship, direct correlation between debt and death. Why is that? Because stress causes increased cortisol. So that's a stress hormone. And it increases our hold, it increases basically the insulin's response to holding on to and creating fat. So we gain more weight yeah. and, and around our abdomen yeah. is where that weight usually uh, centers, collects. With time, eventually that increases your risk of developing type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. Type two diabetes, or diabetes period, diabetes, whether it's type one or type two, diabetes shortens your life. That's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. So it will shorten your life by causing, takes you out from basically at the end of the day, at some point from cardiovascular related problems, a heart attack or a stroke, yeah. boom, end of story, just to cut to the chase. Yeah. So, you know, even if it, if it kills your kidneys, you die because of basically cardiovascular relate, related causes from kidney failure you know, whether you're on dialysis or not. So the point is, yes, you hit it right on the head, mm -hmm. direct relationship between debt and death. And the way, the only way in the United States that medical bills get paid is by a call the three Ds, debt, going into debt, mm -hmm. bankruptcy, mm -hmm. or losing to get your wages garnished or your house a lien put on your house, you lose your house. People think they have to pay, raid their retirement. Crazy. So debt, donation. So now GoFundMe kind of stuff for cancer and medical bills. I think I saw a statistic last year. It's now, I think if you compared it to all the insurance companies in the United States, it's like the number five or number seven payment for medical bills. If you wow. compare it to insurance companies in the United oh States, yes, ma'am. So debt, donation, and death. People just don't get the care that they need because they don't want to add to the debt or they're like, I can't pay the, I can't pay this. I can't pay it already. I'm just going to put off either the prescription or the care that they need. So yes, ma'am, you got it. That's wow. exactly correct. Direct wow. relationship between debt and death in the United States, period. So, oh my gosh, all of this is just empowering. You know, I, I wish I had this information before she passed away, but at least I have this information and all of our viewers and listeners have this information. So Dr. Ellington, you mentioned that you have a resource for us. Could you explain what that resource is? And ladies, I'm going to have the link in the notes. So don't worry about stressing out, trying to figure out how to get the resource. Okay. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this resource that'll help us. So I have a free checklist of the three steps, a great reminder, just simple reminder of the three steps to crush medical debt, just three simple steps to make sure you're not taken advantage of and you're not, you don't become one of the American healthcare cost victims. So there's two ways you're going to get it. I'm going to send it to Dr. Michelle so she can just post it on her site and download it for you. Or you can go to crushmedicaldebt.com and you can find it there and all the other resources that we talked about. And you can email me if you have any questions also, you can reach out to me there.
Awesome. So Dr. Ellington, thank you so very much for joining us today. Is there anything that we should have covered that you'd like to end us with? You know, the big thing that I want folks to know is that I told the story about Mia, my hospital roommate at the beginning of our conversation. And I want folks to know that there are more than 100 million Mias in the United States. There are more than 100 million American healthcare cost victims, and you don't have to be one of them. We're, we're talking today, and the things I shared today, the three steps of the only right way to pay a medical bill will keep you from being in that number. Wow. And ladies, I know that you don't even have to know the millions of people. I am 100% sure that you have people in your family that have been suffering because of this. And so this is beautiful news for you to take back home to your family, your friends, your coworkers, the women that you see stressing at work, all oh, their husbands. You can keep some marriages together. Oh my That's goodness. Right. Right. Oh That's the bad news. You know, the bad news is that there is a hundred million Mia's, a hundred million American healthcare cost victims. The good news is it doesn't have to be that way. Exactly. Our got one of this. the things that we have is you do not have to be the statistic. That's right. <laughs> you can be you the outlier. <laughs> exactly. You got this. You can do this. You, you got this. this. You got the three it. steps of the only one right way to pay a medical bill. You got it. Awesome. So ladies, until next time in our next episode, peace and blessings. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. If you like what we're doing here, please share, subscribe, like us, and leave a comment. Your feedback is very much appreciated.